Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by MyBookie.ag. Now look, Vegas may be closed, but MyBookie's casino is open 24-7. They're also the home to the free $10,000 Blackjack Madness Tournament. Use the promo code SGP. Receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's the promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid at MyBookie.ag. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com SGP. That's aceperhead.com SGP. And we're also brought to you by Degen Madness. We're giving away $3,000 in our virtual NCAA tournament through the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. The games are streamed live with SGP commentary and betting lines from mybookie.ag. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest and enter your bracket before Thursday night at 6 Pacific time. Again, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest get in with a bracket you can bet on the games through my bookie it's degen madness and we're brought to you by ProSwap. You don't have to go to Vegas to buy Vegas bets. ProSwap is available in many states where there's no sports betting. Use the promo code SGP and you get a 100% deposit bonus up to 100 bucks. That's ProSwap.com, promo code SGP. Football fans. It's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. And hi again, everybody. Great to be back with you on the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to underdogs. Hopefully everything is going well. I have gotten over it. We have lived through it. No March Madness, no Final Four for 2020. We somehow survived that, and now we persevere on here in the month of April on Three Dog Thursday. I am your somewhat capable host. Yes, we found a way to get through all of it. Uh, and still come out on the other side. And here's hoping, again, understand the magnitude of what's going on all across the country, in particular in New York. One of our guests is going to be talking about this, where they are being hit hard by the coronavirus and the number of deaths. Uh, But let's keep everything in perspective, that in a lot of places in this country, there is not a big coronavirus outbreak, and the social distancing and the isolation uh, is going to pay off uh, with us getting back to some normalcy over the course of the next few weeks and into the month of May. I'm in West Central Florida doing this show in the Tampa-St. Pete Clearwater area in my uh, in, in the northern suburbs of Tampa here. And in my five counties, uh, there are over two and a half million people in the Tampa Bay area, and yet there are fewer than 20,000 coronavirus cases in these five counties right now as I talk to you midweek for Three Dog Thursday, coming to you the second week in April. Now, that number may go up some, but certainly if you're talking about uh, in other communities that are harder hit, this one is not. And so uh, there are a lot of states and a lot of communities and a lot of places where it is better, and we will hopefully get to get back to some normalcy uh, within reason. Another thing that, that uh, and we'll get to the guests, by the way. Brian Edwards is here all the time from uh, MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. I want to talk to him about uh, some NFL draft propositions. I want to talk to him about this UFC 249 card, the ultimate fighting in Dana White, and it looks like that he is going to move forward with trying to hold uh, his latest fight card. A lot of that is financially motivated uh, by Disney paying him a bunch of money, ABC or a Disney ESPN paying him a bunch of money on their television rights and revenue deal. And he's got he's to live up to his obligation with fights or else you're giving money back or jeopardizing the contract. So that's part of why he is trying to persevere on. We'll talk with Brian Edwards about that. We're also going to talk with Adam Zagoria, fantastic college basketball uh, writer uh, who 
who covers everything with the sport, but also recruiting for the sport, players turning pro for the NBA. I'll get Adam's thoughts on everything out of the New York, New Jersey area in the middle part of the show. And then Sean Green will be here from the Sports Gambling Podcast in Southern California, give you a little left coast perspective here on Three Dog Thursday, including lightening it up with their computer simulated D-Gen Madness. He'll be here later on. Uh, we'll Sean Green about that and, and about all the subjects that we're covering with the guests. But before we get to the guests, a little bit more of me and the opinion, which if you've been listening to these podcasts now uh, for the better part of six years on Three Dog Thursday, I'm never short on giving you an opinion. And I ground these opinions in facts. I ground these opinions on the experience I have of doing basically 30 years of, of professional radio and TV and broadcasting on the local regional level in Florida and then the national level really for about the last 17, 18 years. Uh, various life forms, Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio, Tune In. They've uh, done a bunch of different stuff nationally, including five day a week radio nationally, nationally Saturday nights on Fox Sports Radio. I'm not just some Yahoo that's on uh, on a show here without any experience, knowledge base, uh, having been there, having no understanding. So here's here's what I know. Here's what uh, what we can obviously reasonably gather. We're going to come to a point here. When things have gotten dramatically better, and hopefully that's by the end of this month, over the next couple of weeks, out of the isolation, the social distancing, where it's obvious that the cases have decreased drastically. The hysteria and the fear-mongering is still unreal. That's just the truth. You, you cannot, if you watch TV and TV news, you cannot escape the nonstop bombardment and the doom and gloom. You still must consider, from a factual standpoint, that 10 times as many people have died from influenza, the flu, this flu season, than have the coronavirus. You further, I'm not trying to minimize the importance of having sheltered and having gone into isolation, which we did back two or three weeks ago. That was the right move because you were looking at the real possibility that tens of thousands would be dying from this instead of a few thousand dying from this. And it may end up being 10,000, unfortunately, horribly. But the larger point that I'm getting at, that others have sort of made, tried to make, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo it and, get, and put it in my own words here on this. You have to understand and appreciate you're going to be around virus and illness no matter when we resume normal life all the time and not know it. You're going to be around the flu and not know it. You're going to be around coronavirus and not know it. You're going to be around other viruses, the Norwalk virus, the stomach virus, which, good Lord, I don't wish that on anybody, especially if you have kids and younger kids. You are constantly in your life going to be in your work life, in your personal life, in going to sporting events, shopping malls, concerts, traveling on airplanes, any kind of public transportation. You're going to constantly be around virus and illness that you don't know about. So what is reasonable? That's what I'm coming back to. What is reasonable to resume with sports, in our case, with what we're talking about? If it is reasonable to understand, we got to keep practicing good hygiene even if we're out in public, with washing your hands, etc. If it is reasonable to understand that you could just as easily be around someone that has the flu during flu season, or has other viruses, a common cold, illnesses, etc., you're going, to, you're going to see them symptomatically sneezing, coughing, congestion, those kind of things. When a lot of times with the coronavirus, you may not see symptoms early on. But guess what? With the Norwalk virus, you're around people and for the first 24 hours, they're, they're going to make you sick and you don't know you're sick yet. You got and, and I understand for anybody that's screaming at this podcast or at their radio that the Norwalk virus doesn't kill people at the same rate as the coronavirus. I understand that. The larger point is you've got to be ready to resume life at some point with a reasonable risk that I'm going to be around people that are ill and I don't know it. Otherwise, we're never going to get out of our homes. You're never going to get out of the fetal figurative position in the dark corner of your bedroom. So when the health officials, when the elected officials, when the people that are running all of the different sports leagues... When uh, in college sports, when all of the big time coaches in college football and basketball say we want to try this, even if we try it without fans here and it's all on TV, there's got to be a reasonable belief we're not going to make everybody sick. 
and for people in public in your daily life. Again, your kids go to school with hundreds, if not thousands, of classmates at their elementary, middle, or high school, or they're going to a college where there are tens of thousands of kids that have traveled from all over, in and out, during every semester that are going to be spreading it. And then your kids come on spring break or the summer or next fall or Christmas break. They're going to be bringing illness in and around you. It's going to happen. You're going to be around it at an NFL game. You're going to be around it at an NBA game or a Major League Baseball game. You do the best that you can. Everybody's going to do the best they can. I agree with the president, Donald Trump. At some point, we got to get back. we got to get back to what we're doing when it is reasonably safe to begin to do so. Enough of the fear-mongering that is driving some to believe we shouldn't be outside for the rest of the calendar year. That's absolute crapola. No way, no how, uh-uh. Can't live that way, don't need to live that way, and I, I honestly believe, I can't sample all of you that are listening right now, you can uh, tweet at me, at Buck Sideline Guy, tweet at the show, at Three Dog Thursday, <clears throat> et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I have to believe there are millions and millions and millions and millions that feel the same way, which is uh, we're not sheltering still in July and in October and in December. The sheltering was to stop the pandemic spread and to see better results from that. And the sheltering is working in slowing the spread and slowing the uptick of the number of new cases and the number of deaths. And by the end of this month, as has been the goal, it will have greatly decreased because of what we've been doing. But that doesn't mean that we stay isolated, stay sheltered, and stay inside for the next 90 days, 120 days, six months. That's crazy. We have to get back to some normalcy soon. And what is reasonable to be around? Again, for the hysterical, for the hysterics and the hysterical, you were around it in January and February and early March everywhere that you were. If you went out into public to shopping malls and to grocery stores and your kids were at school and came home and you went to ball games and you went to movie theaters and you traveled on airplanes, you were around the coronavirus. You were around it. And hopefully, and as is the case, 99% of you didn't get it. And we hope and pray that nobody else gets it, much less gets seriously ill or dies from it. What is reasonable? What is reasonable to resume with sports? And that's why you see the PGA Tour making the move that they made. They, have, they believe it will be reasonable in June to resume playing golf without fans and maybe to soon have fans later in the summer in August when they play their tour playoffs. The PGA Championship has moved back from May to August. The U.S. Open has moved from June to September. They're still going to play the Ryder Cup, the U.S. against Europe. They're still going to play the Masters in November, which how crazy is that going to be? We'll talk briefly with that with Brian Edwards uh, of MajorWager.com about that and about that weekend of, of football and Masters. Hey, you're going to have football in the U.S. Open in September, as well as football in the Ryder Cup that you've had every, every couple of years. So in any event, uh, sports has begun to reemerge. The talk about baseball resuming because they have 162 games they want to play. I don't believe as we're sitting here the second week of April – that you can realistically say that baseball is going to get 162 games in. You may be looking at a 120-game schedule. You may be looking at a 100-game schedule on how do we fit it in. And it probably is not going to be in early May. It might be late May. It might not be until June that they implement this plan to play either in Arizona or a couple of somewheres and put teams in and have them play a bunch on the schedule over the course of a month or two to make up for some games. And then that may be it. They may end up playing, I don't know this, you don't know this, they may end up playing a 60 or 80 game regular season and then just move right to the postseason to try to have something and get done. We'll have to wait and see. But sports has got to resume when it's reasonable, and we'll talk more about that. By the way, if you have not already subscribed to this show via iTunes, via Spotify, via Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, 
uh, subscribe away here to Three Dog Thursday. It will come automatically to you on Thursdays. If you subscribe, rate us, review us, rank us, move it on up uh, on any of those outlets. But go find the show, whether you found us through sportsgamblingpodcast.com and our fantastic relationship with those guys, or whether you found us through a social media link, subscribe, 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 wherever you get podcasts. to Three Dog Thursday. When the games resume, we're going to be all over it uh, with the handicapping. Again, it all screeched to a halt in March. At the height of March, madness about to happen, the NCAA tournament in the Final Four. But I pledge to you, when the games crank back up, we'll have the fun with the underdog angle once again with the spreads on Three Dog Thursday. With all of that out of the way, we've got guests coming up straight ahead. Stay with us as we roll on. Yes, indeed. I know that we did not have a Final Four. I I know that we do have the possibility of some sports coming up, and I do know that I love talking with Brian Edwards about all of it, even if it's hypothetical at the moment. We bring him back from Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com. Okay, we lived through it. Thank you for holding my hand figuratively. The the, uh, Final Four weekend, which would have been in Atlanta, one of your old stomping grounds, it's all come and gone. The non-NCAA tournament year of 2020 has come and gone, and now we just start making room for other things that hopefully will happen coming up. How are you feeling? Well, man, we haven't had season win totals in college football in early April, I don't think, ever. So I feel good about that. I I feel like some of the... uh, trends are looking much more positive than the last time we spoke thanks for having me tj and uh feeling feeling better and healthy and optimistic quick opinion from you we we have seen golf say hey we're going to put a schedule out starting in june we've we've already got the masters moved now to november we're going to move the u.s open from june to september we're still going to play the Ryder cup the following week after uh, the u.s open so golf was kind of a trailblazer uh, late last week uh, in, in saying this is what we're looking at doing. And, and now we hear that some other sports are actually kicking around ideas. Nothing definite. We don't know. But when sports begins to come back, that maybe baseball in Arizona, where they're all congregated around the same radius of multiple uh, spring training sites slash minor league stadium sites where you could play with no fans, the NHL, don't laugh, Brian, may resume in North Dakota with their postseason. I know Gary Bettman, the commissioner, said in an interview on uh, Mike Tarico's podcast and with NBCSports.com yesterday, he doesn't know if they can resume the end of their regular season. They may just need to go straight to the playoffs, and it may be in North Dakota where there's much less coronavirus, uh, where there are facilities where they could play. Um, that's weird. And then the NBA, Adam Silver is saying it will be at least May before they make a determination, but they're looking to come back. Do they resume the regular season? Is it the postseason? My point with all of that is at least we're getting some conversation about sports resuming. That helps with the positive outlook, with the optimism, and we're hoping that when it's reasonably safe that some of this starts to actually happen right in the coming weeks and maybe a month or two. Love it. I love it, and I love, I'd love to see how immense Tiger is it, with competing with football in November, a Masters in November, Tiger in contention on a Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> what kind of ratings will golf do when they're matched up head-to-head uh, with, against the NFL on Sunday and yeah. the Masters and the college football on Saturday and the it's, Masters with Tiger in contention? Hey, if you're CBS, it's not that week. That second Saturday is not a great week. What did I see? It's like South Carolina and LSU, Florida and Missouri, and then maybe one other decent game, Tennessee and somebody it's not a great sec game week for them at 3 30 eastern time but that that sunday in the nfl uh, especially for the lead in they would have to play earlier brian at the masters because of sundown you got to play earlier and be yeah, done probably okay. by like three or four eastern time at the latest uh, especially if you might have a playoff uh which would be a nightmare but you have nfl kickoffs that would be the lead end of the nfl kickoffs i'm with you if that if that actually comes to fruition in november which we think it will how crazy will that be some were even suggesting that maybe espn which has the early uh, which has the early rounds of the masters on tv usually that espn might do college game day from augusta uh, oh, cool. before games are played wherever they're played and how how wild would that be 
theoretically. That would be that would be awesome. I like yeah, <laughs> I like it, and I would love to have NBA playoffs in July and August when I'm normally bored out of my mind. We're getting the bored out of my mind stuff. We're getting oh, yeah. that out of the way early. We're, we're trying. Uh, all right, I'm going to get to UFC 249 with you for some breakdown. You even like an underdog on this. Uh, first, though, the NFL draft. It came across with Vegas Insider some interesting uh, draft lines and odds. We'll talk with you about this for the next couple of weeks or so, but let's go over it a little bit right here. The draft odds that are out. Joe Burrow, the LSU Heisman Trophy winning, national championship winning quarterback, overwhelming favorite to be the number one overall pick. So the odds that are out there right now have him at minus three fifty or three hundred and fifty dollars bet to win a hundred dollars uh, or thirty five hundred dollars. I'm sorry, bet to win a hundred dollars. Crazy, overwhelming favorite. Interesting that Chase Young and then Tua Tonga are the next two. One at fourteen hundred uh, to one hundred dollars bet, and then uh, uh, Tua at nineteen hundred. Uh, if you bet $100, you'd get $1,900 uh, back on him. What do you make of that right now? Because I believe there might be some real interest, even if the Bengals aren't thinking of taking Tua, that another team might try to leap up at number one to make sure they could get the Alabama QB. Well, I think that since he keeps the pick and they they get Burrow, but I mean, when you're a team that's trapped in first, second, or third, you've obviously got a plethora of issues, so if somebody gives you a, um, a Jimmy Johnson, you know, Vikings, Herschel Walker type <laughs> deal, you just, I mean... Well, let's go Let's go it. more recent than that. Remember when uh, the Ricky Redskins... Well, no, well, yeah, and the, Red, and the Redskins gave uh, the Colts, I think, six draft picks, including a couple of number one uh, picks and a couple of number two picks to move up like eight spots to get the second overall pick. So we've seen that, and they ended up drafting RG3 right after Andrew Luck yeah. in what the 2012 draft, going off the top of my head. So I just, I, maybe it's not the number one pick with Cincinnati, but they're at number two. Washington has Dwayne Haskins, who they drafted last year. Are they really going to take another quarterback with the second overall pick after they took a quarterback in the first round last year? That's dysfunctional, even for what the Redskins have been. The, the next uh, team in line right after that is the Lions, who have Matt Stafford with a massive contract. Are they going to take a quarterback at number three? Probably not. Those phones are probably ringing. If Cincinnati takes Burrow right, that Tua play as an underdog might be a real interesting play, right? Well, you know, um, it, it's it. To be go number one or go number two. Well, what would the, so the number two odds for Tua right now are plus three forty, three hundred forty dollars to win one hundred. I'd I'd be very interested in that. I yeah. don't I don't I mean, know that a team. What about if Belichick and the Patriots? He, you know this, yeah. Brian. He has a great relationship with Nick Saban. They yeah. spend off seasons talking to each other. Uh, he comes to Tuscaloosa. Uh, Saban uh, or uh, Belichick to be with Saban, meet with him, watch film with him. What what if it's the Patriots who want that second overall pick? You that that that's not too far fetched to say that would be to get the Bama QB Tua. Yeah, and um, look, I, I, I'm no doctor, obviously, but a lot's made of Tua's health. But I mean, I just think it was you know the ankle injuries were you know that, that stuff just happens, and and I mean he showed what a warrior he was playing 20 days out from that surgery when <clears throat> when my buddy Michael Dr. Michael Gilmore was telling me he was going to be 70% at best mm-hmm. and if he was better than that it was, he's a superhero. I mean they did, they did score what 40 was it 46 41 final I think. Something they did like that. score more than 40 that game. Um so he did play Real now the hip injury, you know, and I don't know anything about the hip injury. I know it wasn't a Bo Jackson injury, so I mean I think Tua is is still going to be great and be fine. And I, I think it's a little unfair to, you know, have this all this injury, um, you know, narrative around him. I mean I, I get it that that it's happened, and you know, with the coronavirus they can't you know be examining him. Uh, you know, in person right now, but um, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked. But I mean, I think Chase Young is going to be a perennial Pro Bowler. But like, I forget if you said this off the air or right when we started. You know, if you got the transcendent quarterback, you you take that that guy right, every right. time. Well, so. so in other words, Young is uh, what did I say? Uh, plus fourteen hundred to be the number one overall pick. 
again, you could have Burrow. You could maybe trade up and get Tua. The defensive end is not the difference maker in your franchise that a quarterback can be. There is no defensive end. I don't care if we're going to go back uh, to like Bruce Smith and the great sack guys, Lawrence Taylor, all throughout. There's not one that's going to represent four or five wins if he's really good early on in a rookie year, something like that, like a quarterback can be. So that to right. me, that's crazy. What about you with Chase Young as the number one pick above either of the quarterbacks? Oh, no. I mean, I, I, I go Burrow before, before Chase Young, but I do love Chase Young. And, but, I mean, I agree with that your assessment of, you know, you got to take the transcendent quarterback first. But, I mean, you know, a, a Nick or Joey Bosa on one side defensively is a good thing, and I think Chase Young will be a great player, and I think that will be a, a great pick at number two or number number three, whether it's the Redskins, Lions, or somebody trading in to get him. And, look, somebody might be looking to trade in just to get Young, too, not, right. not only just making the move to get Tua. Um, so, you know, Washington and Detroit are, are I'm sure – mulling multiple trade options and we'll be doing so up until the day of the draft good point too that ron rivera is the new coach in washington dc with the redskins defensive mind matt patricia on the hot seat defensive guy uh how how interested would they be in trading the pick versus going and grabbing um chase young the ohio state record-breaking a defensive end. So, uh, all right. Oh, wait, so there's. CJ, yeah, go you're ahead. You're in Tampa. What What are you hearing about Jameis? And what What's taking so long here? Is Is it just if Cam Jameis or something happens with Dalton? Okay, then once one of those yes. dominoes falls, well, then I, the other two. I will think happen. the big. I think the big question mark, and I've talked to a couple people, and some of this is common sense. Both Cam Newton and Jameis Winston right now, under the circumstances, can't be examined by team doctors, team trainers, look at the physicals. And Jameis made no secret that he had a fractured thumb repaired and a meniscus repaired and had LASIK surgery all in January, uh, February, right around there. If you're a team looking to invest in him, you want to examine him. And I think the same is with Cam's foot, uh, that they want to make sure what kind of damage, because remember, when my Buccaneers beat them on the Thursday night in Charlotte, he didn't play again after week two in September because of right. that foot injury. You want to examine his foot. So when this all loosens up, and I do believe it'll be when, whenever that is, May, when facilities can open back open, in June maybe, I think that's that's the time when you might see this. It would surprise me if either one of them got a significant deal without being able to be examined. I think that's part of the reason why it hasn't happened uh, as of yet for them. All right, just a few moments left here. Brian Edwards, Vegas uh, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com. Check him there, at VegasBEdwards on Twitter. MajorWager.com for all of his nuggets. And we, again, qualifier, it looks like we're going to have a UFC fight card pay-per-view. Dana White says it will be on an island, and the private island is apparently Native American, American Indian reservation property, where he can sanction this, have this. All right, so uh, what do you make of him pushing forward that in a couple of weeks we may have this fight card here at the time we're talking now? Give me a quick general comment. Yeah, so it, it, with Khabib, Habib out, and he didn't blame Habib at all. You know, it, it is what it is with the travel ban. He he got the best possible fight he could it could watch. And, and with sports on pause, this is the best fight for a casual UFC fan to possibly watch. These guys do not want to wrestle. Uh, Justin Gaethje is in for Tony up uh, or uh, to face Tony Ferguson in for Habib for the interim title. The winner will face Habib in like September or October. And uh, Ferguson is favored. Gaethje is like plus 160. Even William Hill, you can get him plus, uh, plus 170. Um, you know, Gaethje has had never taken a fight on short notice, so I worry about his cardio if we get to the fourth and fifth. But the first three rounds of this will be amazing. It'll be mm. a stand-up phone booth fighting. It'll be fun. They added a heavyweight uh, contest, Francis Ngannou and uh, Jorinzo Rosenstrike. That'll be a slugfest. This is a great card. I like Jeremy Stevens plus 200 against Calvin Qatar. And uh, we can talk a few more picks uh, next week, but I'll, I'll throw right. real quickly at you a welterweight contest. They worked in there, Nico Price and Vicente Luque. 
that will be an awesome fight as well. And uh, we can talk more of that card sure. uh, next week. So you love those, and you believe right now this is where on it's going to happen. 80%, 90%, he's pushing for it. There's a huge financial windfall if he keeps having fight cards and he's insistent this will happen. You're mostly certain this fight card's going to happen in, a, in about a week and a half. Yeah, I would probably put about 92 to 95%, wow. which is which is high stakes in these And it uh, will and like you said, times. it will be watched. It will be oh, yeah. watched because we're looking for live sports and the and people will gravitate to it. So we'll talk a little more about the fight card uh, of UFC 249 that's coming up. And again, you may be hearing us and he may have decided Dana White and the authorities and whoever got to him and said you can't do this, but for right now, it looks like that fight card will happen about a week and a half from now, depending on when you're hearing us on Three Dog Thursday. Before you go, I know you're salivating about college football, and what sports book already put out this early, the win totals, with us having a lot of unknowns, who is it? And, and what it's, happened real quick? It's Caesars, and they've got every single team, and we've already had a Heisman odds from some books, but I've never seen a Heisman board this big at the new book Circa, where they've been a new book for like a year. They put out I think it was 367 players have odds <laughs> to win the Heisman. So if you're an SEC fan, you probably got four or five of your guys on the board. And um, I like Boise State over nine and a half. I know we're running short on time, so cut me off whenever you want. But um, they Boise get State at- nine and a half is the win total. And I know they yeah. open with Florida State. And who else do they have out of the conference? Do they have another interesting one out of the conference that? They've got to go all the way across the country at Marshall the week after the FSU game, so that could be a tough one. But, um, uh, yeah, so they've won four, uh, you know, it's obviously regular season. You know, Mountain West Conference okay. or bowl game doesn't count the win total. And uh, they've uh, four out of six years they've gotten a 10 in the regular season under Brian Harson. All right, so pay attention to Boise State and the Heisman odds that are out, and pay attention to this guy. Plug away again on where we can find you, sir. Uh, at Vegas B. Edwards on Twitter. Uh, the Major Wager Twitter uh, site is at Major Wager Uno, U N O, and uh, po- might need to do all caps on that. And uh, thanks as always, TJ. Enjoyed it. Stay safe, my man. Hope you and your family are well, my brother. Same to you. Here's hoping we get lots of sports. Thank you, Brian Edwards. My man. All right. A reminder that we're brought to you by our friends at MyBookie.ag. Yes, Vegas is closed for the first time. The Vegas casinos are all closed because of the coronavirus outbreak. But you know what casino is open 24-7 and accessible from the comfort of your home? That's right. It's MyBookie.ag and their casino. They're even running a free $10,000 Blackjack Madness tournament. And you can bet on the DGEN Madness games that they have for the Sports Gambling Podcast, the simulated NCAA tournament games, at mybookie.ag as well. They're going to even have live lines while the games are going on. You know about MyBookie. They've got the fastest payout, the best promotions, helpful 24-7 customer service team. Join right now, and MyBookie matches your deposit halfway, up to $1,000. That means you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 to play with. Use the promo code SGP and activate the offer. Again, that's SGP for the promo code. And for the DGEN Madness, they're giving away $3,000 through the Sports Gambling Podcast show and website on the virtual NCAA tournament. The games are simulated on NBA 2K and streamed live with uh, Sean Green and Ryan Kramer providing commentary. Sean Green's going to tell you more about it later on in the show. But game lines and live lines are being provided by my bookie. You can bet this while it's ongoing. It's a 30-team tournament. Find out more, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. But mybookie.ag has all of the lines. The tip-offs are Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific. Get your brackets in. Make your wagers with the sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. Again, it's mybookie.ag. It's DGEN Madness. And we're brought to you in part by ProSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Because you're buying the bet directly from another person, not only can you find great deals, but you can also buy bets from states where there is no sports betting. Get that ProSwap account loaded up so when future buying returns, you can strike while the iron is hot. Sign up for ProSwap.com today and they'll give you 100% matching on your first deposit. Just enter the promo code SGP. That's SGP at the time of deposit. ProSwap will match it up to 100 bucks. Go to ProSwap.com today. 
This offer is void where prohibited. We're also brought to you in part by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Continuing along, we're doing our best without the games. We're trying to keep it creative, trying to keep it fun. I miss getting to talk to this guy during the group therapy that I keep talking about that we were having during what would have been the NCAA tournament weekends, what would have been the Final Four weekend, what would have been the national championship Monday night has just passed on Monday. This is the next best thing, though, to get to say hello to Adam Zagoria. You and I had actually started a little tradition of doing these interviews at the Final Four poolside, so none of, uh-huh. none of that happened in Atlanta. First of all, how are you? I know you're based in the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, things are obviously heightened with the coronavirus outbreak. Nobody is minimizing how serious this stuff is. We're all quarantined. We're social distancing. How are you and Team Zags getting along right now where you are? Yeah, thanks for asking, TJ. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I live in New York City. I was there until the Friday of the Big East Tournament, March 13th. And then, um, you know, my family and I got in a car and got a bunch of takeout Chinese food and just got out of the city for the uh, Jersey Shore where we lucky enough to have a house down here. So, um, you know, it's a very tough time. Obviously, in New York City, it's, it's like kind of like a war zone there. You know, now New Jersey is, uh, I think, second in the country behind New York in coronavirus cases. And you just got to, you know, do the smart thing and social distance and stay home and do everything they're telling you to do. And hopefully in the next two to four weeks, we can kind of flatten the curve in in New York and New Jersey and, and move towards a better place. Amen on that. You have covered uh, the NCAA tournament and a lot of big events, but the NCAA tournament for a long time. Uh, Okay. So let's back up. You've covered the big East tournament for a long time on the weird meter uh, beyond a 10. It had to be a 12. It had to be a 14 when all of this shut down. I mean, heck, St. John's was playing a game on the Thursday when it shut down, and they shut the game down at halftime. Enlighten me, because I haven't had a chance to ask. Yeah, I mean, the whole week, you know, looking back now with a little perspective, is just so crazy. Like, that Tuesday night, March 10th, I actually went to, like, an Almond Brothers tribute concert with, you know, Warren Haynes and Derek Trucks at Madison Square Garden the night before the Big East, and there were, whatever, 17,000, 18,000 people in the garden. And, um, you know, you know, it was risky, but, like, we wanted to hear the music, whatever. And, you know, a day later, they played, um, I guess, the two games that Wednesday night at the Garden. St. John's came to back, back to beat Georgetown. And, you know, I came home that Wednesday night, and the NBA had suspended their season. And once you see that, you're like, okay, this is serious business. You know, Adam Silver's getting out in front of things. And honestly, that Thursday, I was supposed to go to the Garden and cover Seton Hall in the 930 game against Marquette. And and by that point, I was a little apprehensive. Like, you know, I don't know if I want to go back to the Garden for a third day in a row. It's a little risky. You know, my editor told me I could write the game off TV, which, you know, you're really not supposed to do as a sports writer, but it was nice of him to offer but I was kind of secretly hoping they, they canceled the games. And, you know, of course, by whatever noon or two o'clock mm-hmm. that Thursday, uh, they, they canceled the biggest tournament in the, in the, at halftime, of uh, the St. John's Creighton game. And, you know, it seemed surreal and bizarre that they were even playing that game. They probably shouldn't have played. They were waiting for direction from health officials in New York, you know, to bring people into the garden even though there were no fans, there were people there. It seemed a little crazy and dangerous to me. And then they just canceled the game at halftime. Um, you know, and then by that Friday, a day later, they canceled the NCAA tournament. So, you know, and, and the Ivy League really started the whole thing. If you remember, they canceled their tournament, I guess, the week before or earlier that it week. Was earlier, it were, was earlier that week. I was, I'll pick up the story, I was in Indianapolis for the Horizon League, which was eventually the championship won by Northern Kentucky 
on Tuesday night. On Monday night, when the Ivy League said, we're not playing our our four-team tournament this weekend, the buzz became there. Is this the beginning of the chain reaction here? Will, will others follow that are playing later in the week? And how prophetic that turned out to be. The Ivy League on Monday night turned out again to use your your words forerunner. They were they were out in front on we're we're not playing with the risk of this that's out there. We can't convey, can we? Uh, that it, it is just bizarre that an event that grips sports really for the month of March ground completely to a halt. Dead bang, it's over, we're not playing, and for all of the seniors, that's the way your yeah. your senior year ends, no conference yeah. tournament, no, we can't convey how weird, how different, how surreal it is. Yeah, I mean, that Wednesday, I was in, you know, whatever used to be the felt forum at the Madison Square Garden, talking to Jay Wright and Kevin Willard and Greg McDermott, all the coaches, and the news, like, just hit then that they were going to play the tournament with no fans. So at that point, we're talking to Jay Wright, Miles Powell, and all these people like, hey, you're going to play the tournament with no fans. And they were like ready to go. They're like, yeah, it's just like, you know, Jay Wright said it's just like a preseason scrimmage. Like Villanova played North Carolina in a preseason scrimmage with no fans. And, you know, he said it would take the fans out of it, right? Like if a, if a 16 seed is beating a one seed, like they won't get the, the feed off the fans. So those guys were all ready to go and play games with no fans. And um, within two days, the whole thing is canceled. And, you know, you feel for everyone, but especially, you know, a team like Rutgers here in New Jersey, you know, they haven't been to the tournament since 1991. Yep. They get, they get, they probably were going to be in the tournament. They don't get to play, you know, a guy like Miles Powell from Seton Hall, you know, who knows? They could have made the final four. We'll never know. Obi Toppin, he's from, spent two years at Austin High School near me in New York. Uh, won the Naismith and the Wooden Award. He could have put on a show. You know, we'll never know. We'll spend the rest of our lives wondering how this tournament might have happened. No doubt. Adam Zagoria with me uh, here as part of Three Dog Thursday. You read him on the Zags blog, zagsblog.com, also uh, with NewJersey.com, NJ.com, and their coverage of college and NBA basketball, uh, et cetera. So, uh, again, uh, we progress through. Don't play a Final Four in um, in Atlanta this past weekend. I wonder how you spent the weekend. I mean, we would we would always traditionally be around each other. It's one of the biggest events. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe it is the the best event in sports because you get three games with four fan bases. Unlike the Super Bowl, that's one game with two. Uh, unlike you know the baseball playoffs, which go on and on and on. You get three games. Uh, I, I believe it's the best event in sports for that weekend. I, I spent it, obviously, sequestered here, isolated with my family. I'm watching some some old reruns of stuff, some other shows. It was weird. How did you spend the, the first Final Four weekend in a long time, not at the Final Four and not with basketball? Yeah, well, I missed you poolside. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, look, I'm here with my family. We're lucky enough to, you know, we're not cramped in our New York City apartment where we probably would have killed each other. We. <laughs> You know, we're in a, bit, a house where we have some space. We've been watching a ton of movies. We've been cooking, going for bike rides. You know, we're doing the, the best we can like everybody else. You know, it's weird. I was on a conference call yesterday with Jay Wright and uh, a bunch of the Philly writers. And, you know, they were asking him, like, hey, could you, you know, were you imagining yourself coaching in, in the national championship game on Monday night? And I was on another call with Coach Calipari from Kentucky with some writers. And, you know, it's weird for these guys, like, Jay was like, yeah, you know, I you measure every weekend in March by this is the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight. This past weekend would have been the Final Four in the championship game where he's won twice, you know. He's got to wonder, like, hey, would I have been coaching in the Final Four? And, um, again, we'll, you know, we'll just never know. And, um, you know, you got to feel for all those, all those seniors. No doubt. Adam's joking about being poolside. We were in Phoenix three years ago doing a pre-recorded interview for the Saturday semifinal games. And at the hotel uh, in the Scottsdale area there, they had a pool and, and Adam was Adam was poolside, uh, enjoying the pool, uh, the swimsuit, the whole thing. You, you kept remarking about how cool this is. We got to make it a ritual. I kept saying to you, I live in West Central Florida. This is called Friday where I live. Every, every Friday you can be poolside. I realize for those of you that are in New York or the 
upper Midwest or Canada, you don't you don't get poolside between uh, like let's say October through March. Uh, but we kind of made a pledge. We would kind of we would kind of try to find a pool wherever we could. It was tough in Minnesota last yeah. year. It was tough to find a pool well, in funny. Minnesota. Yeah, it's funny because I think last year I saw Matt Jones on the Kentucky Sports Radio guys. Mm-hmm. I was out. I think that was last year. I was out poolside catching some sun. You know, because you know <laughs> the game like the games on Saturday don't start till six or whatever, and the game on Monday doesn't start till eight or nine. So if you're a reporter, you're you know, you're doing your stories and you're working, but, you know, you're kind of sitting around during the day till the game starts. So I definitely saw Matt Jones and those Kentucky sports radio guys at the pool. So that continued our tradition. There you go. It was an indoor pool, I think, though, in Minnesota. We got such a break. I keep joking with everybody. We were there that weekend when the temperature was like in the 50s, which is like summertime for them in early uh, April. And we left and like Thursday or, or I think Wednesday or Thursday, they got like eight inches of snow after we left on Tuesday from the championship right. game on Monday. So we missed it. Uh, in that regard. Uh, okay, you're a great one to ask because one of the great things you do, uh, pumping you here, and, and rightfully so, is recruiting and the summertime process. Who's Okay, first of all, who's turning pro, which a lot of guys are, and what does that mean for the draft? But also the recruiting and all of these different AAU tournaments and gatherings and, and uh, high school showcases – all of that is up in the air right now, right? So give me some insight as a guy that regularly covers this. Give me some insight into what's going on here. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, to try to keep it as brief as I can, I'd say there's sort of three main – sorry, it's my dog. Uh, <laughs> That's quite all right. The dog, is, the dog is even upset with the recruiting situation and sequestering. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, there's three, I guess, main categories. you got the, the high school recruits, then you got the college transfers, and then you got the guys, you know, transitioning to the NBA in a pro league. Um, you know, all that stuff is on hold. Um, you know, nobody can do any in-person, you know, visits to campus. The colleges are doing, like, Seton Hall in Maryland and Nebraska, for example, are doing, you know, virtual tours on the Internet and video conferencing with recruits. Uh, like this kid, Adama Sanogo, is a 6'10 forward from the Patrick School here in New Jersey. So, you know, just for an example, in the past few days, he's done like video conferences with Seton Hall, Nebraska, Maryland, and he's going to have to make his decision in the next month. You know, he's, he's visited Seton Hall. I don't think he's been to the other two schools. He's got to make these decisions off, you know, off an internet and, and video conference. So you got kids making decisions. Some coaches think that will lead to more transfers a year from now because, you know, if a kid's never been to a campus and he's committing, and a coaching staff is taking a kid without him visiting the campus, you know, there's a lot of uh, wiggle room and, and risk there. So maybe you get some transfers down the road. Um, you know, as far as the, the actual recruiting, like April and May, you'd have the, the Nike and the Adidas circuits leading up to the Peach Jam and the Adidas finals in July. Uh, I was talking again to Jay Wright last night in this conference call, and he's like, you know, it's going to affect us in recruiting for 2021 because you can't get out and see the kids. So, And to enlighten know. folks, if I can interject, to enlighten folks, these are events where there are dozens and dozens of premium players playing on teams, and there are yeah. several dozen, right, maybe 30, 40 coaches that will be at these tournaments, at these games, looking at the players and looking it over, and that's what's in jeopardy of not happening at all. It will definitely be odd and different, right? Yeah, I mean, like, for example, the Peach Jam, you know, as you know, is the crown jewel of the summer recruiting. Happens in July in North Augusta, South Carolina. Uh, they got four gyms there. You walk in, you see everybody, Coach K, Jim Behan, Roy Williams, John Calipari, Bill Self. Everybody's there watching the top kids on the Nike circuit. And, you know, they're there to be seen, like, hey, we're recruiting you. You know, I've seen Andrew Wiggins and, Jabari Parker and all these top kids play at the Peach Jam. And now, you know, that's in jeopardy of not happening. So, again, the kids are going to have to make college decisions without really having seen the campus. The coaches are going to have to make decisions without seeing the kids. You know, then meantime, you have all these, you know, the transfer market is whatever up to seven, 800 kids. Jeff Goodman keeps that list. Uh, kids are transferring now. And that at least gives us something to write about and news. But again, these kids can't take visits, but colleges can augment their roster by getting transfers. 
And then you have the NBA kids who want to test the process, go to the NBA draft. Normally there's a combine in May in Chicago where the NBA teams would watch you. That's probably not going to happen. The draft may not happen until August or September. So if you're Jay Wright or a college coach, you, you may not know if you're losing, you know, Sadiq Bay and Jeremiah Robinson Earl until September, August. So you can't really plan for your roster until then. So it's a lot of fluidity. Again, uh, you know, if fluidity is the right way to describe it, it, it is uh, right now an unknown as to how this is going to play. If you had an educated guess with the NBA, do you believe that for all of their teams uh, that they're going to try to play the end of the regular season or might they just say, hey, we're going to go skip right to the postseason and it may not even be a full postseason with all 16 teams we may shorten that. We certainly are going to short shorten best of seven in every round, I think. What do you think about if and how the NBA can resume later this summer, what it might look like, including is the regular season maybe just going to be uh, stopped and we're just going to go play the postseason? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I actually wrote a story the other day on Forbes about how, look, there might be no season at all. You know, you listen to Adrian Wojnarowski on ESPN and and what Adam Silver has said, they're not, Adam Silver is not going to do anything until they get the all clear from health officials that it's safe. Um, it's safe for the players. It's safe for the officials. Look, there's, there's millions and billions of dollars at stake in all these pro leagues. Sure. Obviously, obviously the owners um, want to have some type of season, postseason. They want to crown a champion. Um, what form that takes, you know, I mean, ideally they would have some semblance of the end of a regular season and then a playoffs, but they could just go to the playoffs. They could have, like you said, a condensed three out of five playoffs. Um, but I think, you know, if we get into June and it's still not safe to, to do that, you know, they could just cancel the whole thing. I mean, mm. look, look, major league baseball is talking about trying to do games in Phoenix with no fans and you just, keep the players at a hotel, sequester them, have them play at different fields, you know, in Phoenix. But what happens, you know, the first time a player tests positive or an equipment manager tests positive, how's that going to work? I mean, it, you know, we've already had NBA guys who have it. Nobody's, not everyone's suddenly not going to have it anymore in, in a month or two months, I don't think. Well, a good point uh, that you, it's, it, it is fluid. It is trial and error. I, I still don't know on the baseball point, as we were talking about a little bit earlier, how long do you try to do that in Phoenix? Or to what end? Are you trying to do that beyond May, June? Are you trying to do that in July and August just to get all the games in? Do you eventually go back to home sites uh, in empty stadiums, if that's what the case is? May, baseball's got the much more daunting, how do we play a 100-game schedule, much less a 162-game schedule, than what basketball, the NBA, I'm talking about in the NHL, do with how do we finish and how do we have a postseason it's all unknown. I do know that I love talking with this guy under under all circumstances. You did text me a picture a little while ago before I hit the record button that you were outside in the sun uh, at the Jersey Shore with a beverage in hand, so I know that about you. If we're reading your yeah. stuff, promote where we can read it all from Adam Zagoria, including on Zag's blog, with, with everything having to do with recruiting and transfers and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think the easiest thing, uh, thanks, TJ, is just to follow me on Twitter at Adam Zagoria. There's a lot of stuff on Zag's blog. I'm doing some stuff for the New York Times and the Star Ledger, NJ.com. So I'm keeping busy. And, uh, you know, I just hope everybody stays safe out there. And, you know, you got you to gotta social distance. you got to stay home. you got to wash your hands, do all the things they're telling you to do. And, you know, it's only going to work if we all do it together. And there goes Adam Zagoria. Sean Green will be here in a moment from the Sports Gambling Podcast. A reminder again, subscribe to this podcast, however you found it, through the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows, through their feed, through sportsgamblingpodcast.com, a social media link, wherever and however you found us. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Spreaker, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to Three Dog Thursday. Rank us, review us. Love to have your feedback as well. It'll move us up on the charts on those services. Uh, spread the word about Three Dog Thursday uh, here and go and subscribe. With all of that out of the way, let's get back to the guests and much more as we continue 
along here on the only digital radio show that's devoted exclusively to underdogs. Yes, indeed. We come down the home stretch on this edition of Three Dog Thursday, the only digital radio show that is devoted typically to those underdogs. But we've had to scratch and claw and try to find what might be uh, an underdog because there are no games. We're hoping that some of that will resume as we've been talking about during the show. Let's welcome in from the Sports Gambling Podcast. And obviously, we are partnered up with them on the Sports Gambling Podcast network of shows we say once again, hello, thank you, and how are things going to Sean Green uh, from Southern California here as part of the Sports Gambling Podcast. How are you, my friend? Good to be back with you on another week here. Thank you. Yeah, doing uh, doing as good as you can. No uh, real sports. However, I know we'll talk about it more uh, as we go on here, but DJ Madness. I mean, <laughs> it's not the Three Dogs Thursday. It's, uh, it's been... An insane run of dogs, fifteen and one against the spread. <laughs> uh, my bookie was even offering money line. So, man, if you like betting dogs and you got in on DJ Madness, you've uh, you've cleaned up so far. Viva la underdogs on DJ Madness. More on that in a few minutes. Uh, we have talked earlier in this podcast before you have come on with Brian Edwards from MajorWager.com and Adam Zagoria, great basketball insider and writer who's based out of New York, New Jersey, about the, the start back up to sports. And look, we don't know what's going to happen. We do know that there's plenty of reporting this week that Major League Baseball is at least considering an idea of playing in Arizona, Sean, at the spring training sites, the minor league stadiums, and even using uh, Chase Ballpark downtown in Phoenix where the Diamondbacks play just because of radius of stadiums and proximity and no fans uh, allowed and that kind of stuff. A, off the top, what do you make of that possible, at least temporary solution for playing games? We don't know what it looks like to play most or the whole season that way, but what do you make of this now that you've been hearing this for a couple of days? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Whatever they can do to get sports back, I'm totally for Uh you know, you have to keep the player's safety in mind. But, yeah, it, let's get creative, you know. Uh, I mean, that's usually one of the things that comes out of these these big turns or, you know, bad epidemics or whatever it is. People kind of reset their thinking, look at uh, approaching stuff in a new fashion. And, yeah, whether it's fighting guys on an island like they're talking about doing in <laughs> UFC or, uh, you know, doing, you know, having these players live in some weird biodome and, locking it down and, and doing all the testing. It feels like, hey, this is America. We're creative. We're we're hardworking. We, and we have some of the best medical people around. It feels like there's going to be some creative solutions that people come up with, and whatever it takes, man, I'm all for it. Uh, you know, and, and there's different perspectives all over the country. Obviously, I'm in West Central Florida. I am in a, a big spring training area uh, for all the major league teams, and all of that stopped obviously, when everything ground to a halt three weeks ago. Obviously, there's a major league team in my market, the Rays. So uh, Adam was kind of talking about the New York, New Jersey situation, where obviously they have it, they've been hit much harder over the last couple of weeks. You're in Southern California, where the Dodgers are obviously prominent, uh, the Angels as well, and the Padres are a couple of hours to the south from where you are. Do you get any sense from local news, from hearing fans, local radio, from talking to local fans of these teams, what do they think about about the possibility of playing a barrage of games in Arizona in May? Do you have any kind of sense, any feel for what those fan bases might think or might want? Yeah, I mean, I, I've struggled to find people who are really against the idea that are a fan. I mean, fans are just craving – so I think they're completely down. Um, yeah, and I mean, listen, you're going to probably be watching the games at home, and it, it's really what's the hardest part about the lockdown is you're locked inside watching TV and there's no sports. So I think for the leagues, they can make up for some of the lost revenue from uh, not having fans in the stands by having insane TV ratings. I mean, in a weird way, this may be the thing that could save baseball. Like, uh, you know, there I could see just a swell of patriotism where everyone, even the casual baseball fans, like, hey, man, I got nothing else to watch. I'm going to get back into baseball. I could really see it, uh, if it is the first sport back, being kind of a, 
a bit of a resurgence for the sport. Good point on that. And we are so television-driven now with everything. I've said this on a couple of other interviews, but I'll say it here uh, as well. Baseball's attendance, to your point, has been flagging, dropping for a decade all over the place. Yes, the the Yankees, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Cardinals, you have seven or eight that are always going to be solid, like the Dodgers out in the market uh, where you are. M- most years, the San Francisco Giants play in front of a full house uh, it, it, most of their games, probably 75, 90% of their games is mostly um, a full house. Uh, obviously, the Astros, for all the controversy, ha- have played in sold-out stadiums for the last three or four years. So there are certain big markets where the attendance is great, is my point. Then there's 10 or 15 markets where the attendance is awful, Sean. There's no sugarcoating it. Yeah. So it's driven much more by TV and who's watching on TV and the revenue from TV. And so maybe that is what's going to bring it back. To your point, that, yeah, uh, that maybe we'll see that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, baseball has kind of turned into almost a regional sport where you know certain areas care about certain teams, but there's not a, a national baseball discussion in the sports world uh, consistently like there was, you know, even 10, 15 years ago. I mean, certainly, if they are the first sport back, that would throw them right into the national spotlight and and get the casual fans back into the sport and. You know, like with football, you don't have to have a team to watch football on Sunday where, you know, you pretty much have to be a fan of that team to watch baseball. So I think that could really help baseball in a weird way. So I think they're really going to try and push this through. Good insight here. Sean Green with me, Sports Gambling Podcast. Follow them, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, at Gambling Podcast on Twitter, Sports Gambling Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram, uh, etc. He and Ryan Kramer pumping out great content, and you know where I'm going right now, and that is to Degen Madness or Degenerate Madness. And uh, once more for the audience here that's probably heard something about this because we've been talking about it, or maybe you're hearing about it now for the first time, you guys really came up with this back about three weeks ago before you implemented it as a substitute digitally computer simulation for no NCA tournament. So now you have been working your way through your tournament uh, and have gotten tremendous response uh, if, from people that just want something and want something they can gamble on, hence the degen part, the degenerate part. Uh, MyBookie.ag, sponsors of this show and everything on the Sports Gambling Podcast, has put out lines, including live betting uh, during these <laughs> during these games. Uh, and Sean, you had some interesting stuff. I mean, you had uh, a couple of crazy finishes, including uh, Arizona and Michigan State in your simulation. Uh, that played out with Arizona pulling the upset and and it was prolonged and you guys were calling the action of the computer simulation. It was wild, uh, especially with even the live betting and stuff going on. Yeah, it was insane. And uh, Arizona pulled it out with a, a double overtime win. They There were essentially three buzzer beaters in the game, one right before halftime, uh, and then, you know, one to send it to overtime and one to extend it to double OT. Uh, Nico Mannion, who just announced he's, uh, he's going to go to the draft and forego his last year of eligibility. He had a great game, and, and maybe, maybe, him, maybe he saw himself in DJ Madness and realized he should be playing at the next level. But it's been, uh, it's been really exciting. And well, one area that we found is really fun is um, – you know, since we are simulating these games and, and we're watching it and Kramer and I are calling the game games and then take opposite sides of the, uh, you know, of the game. So we're, we're calling the same game, but we're rooting for two different outcomes uh, in the betting spread. And that's kind of added a whole nother level of uh, entertainment. And it's always, even listening back, it's always funny to hear, uh, you know, an announcer who's losing money on the game. So whether we're winning or losing. <laughs> to uh, it's, it's your great. point, to your point, uh, I heard some of the West Virginia Gonzaga, and Gonzaga was one of the top seeds, and West Virginia just dump trucked them on your computer simulation, which, again, this is part of the fun of it. And you guys, as I keep touting for DJ and Madness, you don't know the outcome. You're calling it as it's happening. And Ryan Kramer could not uh, sledgehammer Mark Few and Gonzaga enough (laughs) as he was losing his mind and losing his money on Gonzaga uh, as, as part of DJ and Madness. 
It, it was it was the pure degenerate part of March that makes it so great because he he was just over the Zags and over Mark Few on that call. Yeah, I mean, as a gambler, you you know uh, you've been there before. You're not taking the dog. You're laying the favorite, and you think, well, okay, it's the favorite. And Gonzaga was up big early. I think they were up twelve or fifteen points. Uh, at some point in the first half, and then to lose that game out uh, live broadcast, and then uh, even adding another level to it, the fans can interact in the chat room, and so uh, yeah, it's it's been it's just been awesome, honestly. Okay, so again, depending on when you're hearing us, the DGN Madness games will resume. I'll roll call them real quick. You've got Arizona and Creighton, West Virginia, San Diego State on Thursday night. And again, you can go to uh, the sportsgamblingpodcast.com and see the bracketing here of this or go to Gambling Podcast on Twitter, uh, social media. A Friday night game, depending on when you're hearing us, Ohio State and Dayton and Obi Toppin and Dayton. Uh, making it into this uh, kind of Elite Eight round. Michigan, Kansas, also Friday, Saturday, Texas Tech, Houston, Colorado, LSU for these games that are playing out. And then you have two teams that have buys. I don't know how in the DGN Madness Washington would end up in a, in a, a bracket where they could get a buy, but they did because it's DGN Madness. And Virginia also uh, has a buy. Uh, and so they are, they're all the way to Sunday. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. They, so they had won, they're, but they're going to be playing um, the winners of. Uh, the, so we're these next four days. We're going to be finishing up Sweet Sixteen, gotcha, uh, and rolling into Elite Eight. So they've already won their Sweet Sixteen game. So they're awaiting the uh, winner there. Gotcha. Okay, so we're clear on that, and it's why. And again, there's spreads on this through mybookie.ag. There's live betting uh, every evening through this weekend, starting at nine Eastern, six Pacific. Doubleheader games, right, Sean? Every night, uh, promote that again. Yep. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, nine o'clock East Coast is the early game, and then the other the late game tips around ten o'clock. <laughs> And try to keep Ryan Kramer from putting his fist through a monitor or something else <laughs> while DJ Madness uh, uh, it, it devolves here. Hey, listen, we're looking forward to not only that playing out, but sports resuming. I know the PGA Tour and all the golf majors announced, hey, we're going to start playing in June. That's kind of a forerunner. Uh, the NBA and the NHL. Quick, quick take on the NHL maybe resuming in North Dakota of all places. They are seriously talking about that because there are hockey arenas that they can utilize there. The coronavirus is minimal. That if the Stanley Cup playoffs are playing out in North Dakota, quick thought, quick take. Oh man, that's I, that would be awesome. Why don't they? That'd be great if they did a. Uh, I don't know how much winter is left, but if they did Stanley Cup outdoors in North Dakota. <laughs> uh, Probably, probably up against it right now, but yeah, I mean North Dakota. Who loves hockey more than people up in North Dakota? It's still cold there. They theoretically, I mean, they're supposed to at the time we're talking for Easter weekend coming up. They're going to get a snowstorm uh, in the upper Midwest and the Badlands, and that's it. They may get some more cold and some more st- snow. So we'll see what hockey elects uh, to do and baseball. And when will the NBA resume? Can the NBA and the NHL resume their regular seasons that have about 10, 12 games or so left for each? of their regular season team, something like that. Can they resume that, or is that just going to be wiped away and we're going to go straight to the postseason? We will find out in due time. They'll be talking about it on the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sean Green and Ryan Kramer. Sean, thank you. Good luck with DJ Madness. We always love you popping on here and chatting with me on Three Dog Thursday, my friend. Good talking, TJ. And there we go. That will do it. My thanks there to Sean Green hanging out from Southern California, the Sports Gambling Podcast. Before him, Adam Zagoria. Great insight from the New York, New Jersey area on the hoops, the college hoops that came to a halt. And now the summer season of recruiting and players turning pro and the NBA trying to resume if and how and when later this summer in the NBA draft. And when does that come off? Again, follow him at Adam Zagoria, Z-A-G-O-R-I-A, Adam Zagoria. My thanks also to Brian Edwards, a staple of Three Dog Thursday. Uh, at Vegas B. Edwards 
on Twitter and from MajorWager.com and Vegas Insider. Brian with a great insight there on UFC, uh, on all the different odds. Can't wait for the games to resume with his handicapping skills as well. I am merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for hanging out with me. Again, subscribe to the show on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Spreaker. Find us, rank us, review us, subscribe to the show. It'll come right to you on Thursdays. We thank you for hanging out with us on this edition of the only digital radio show that's devoted to those underdogs. It is Three Dog Thursday. Bye.